I hope that your Christmas season has been filled with joy and blessing this uh, this year. I know that uh, that many times we can get to this point and uh, we can just even be surprised that we've made it through all of the busyness and the craziness and the schedules that uh, that oftentimes uh, take place in this time of the year. I read about a, a woman who was who was late in getting her Christmas card sent out, and uh, it was a few years back. and And she uh, she looked at her Christmas list, realized she needed to get uh, almost fifty cards in the mail quickly. So she went to the store and started going through, and it was having a hard time finding them because many of them had been sold out. But she came across a box of 50. She said, this is perfect. She grabbed it, didn't take a real hard look at it, got it home, started addressing all of the, uh, the envelopes, got them into the mail. Everything went out. Now, on Christmas Day, she went back to that box. She still had one left. And she thought, well, I better, better read what, what message it was here that, that I sent out. And to her dismay, the inside of the card said, this card is just to say a little gift is on the way. She suddenly realized 49 of her closest friends and family were expecting a gift from her that would never come. This Advent season, we as a church family have been talking about gifts. The gifts that come by being a child of God. The gifts that came when Jesus Christ would come to this earth to be born as a baby, to be born as our Savior. So far this Advent season, we've considered the gifts of hope and love and joy. And tonight, we're going to briefly, on this Christmas Eve service, unwrap the gift of peace. And so I think it's a very fitting gift for us as we think about uh, the the, the frantic pace of this time of the year, or even as we think about the condition of the world in which we live. It wasn't uh, but, but, but a number of days ago that we saw yet again another act of terror, this time in Berlin, Germany, in a Christmas market of all places. We went through the fall where we had uh, where we had debates and we had we had uh, presidential candidates talking about things like national security and peace. Peace is something that we long for because we live in a world that's filled with conflict. Our culture even has symbols of peace. Many of them birthed out of times of conflict. I don't know that I've ever put those symbols up on a screen before in a in a message, but they are symbols of our of our culture. When we, when we see those, we think of peace. And I've, I've read a little about, a bit about them. And I, I know the first one there to the left. It, it, uh, there's many things that, that people uh, consider when they see that. But it was birthed shortly after World War II at a time in which people were longing for peace. The, the one to the left, the hand symbol with, uh, with two fingers raised was at one time meaning victory. And it became known as a peace symbol because the peace followed after victory. And again, the one at the bottom we see is a symbol, even coming from the days of Noah with the, with the dove finding the olive branch, one that's still recognizable today as a symbol for peace. Each of these coming out of a time of unrest. It seems that that is when peace is most often longed for and maybe even recognized. Peace can be defined as freedom from disturbance. It can be defined as tranquility or peace. In fact, even in the New Testament, when the word peace was used, it was speaking of, of binding together two things that are apart. And so when we come to tonight and think about peace, we're, we're probably thinking about the absence of strife or the absence of conflict. But there's another word that's used in the Bible, in the Old Testament, in fact, for peace. 
The word shalom, which can be a prayer. It can be it can be a greeting. And it speaks to people not only about tranquility and quietness, but specifically it's speaking about things being well with you, things being complete or things being made whole. And so when we hear the the word uh, Jehovah Shalom, meaning the God of peace, it's speaking of the fact that he is a God who is complete. And so that's a picture for us tonight as we consider peace, to know that, that there is a God who wants our lives to be made whole. He wants them to be complete with what he can provide. And when that completeness comes, the, the provision of, of a quiet heart and a, and a stilled spirit are then possible. Being made complete, of course, in the Lord Jesus Christ. In fact, this was part of the prophecy. Hundreds of years before Jesus would come, one of the prophecies about him comes from Isaiah chapter 9. And it says, for to us, a child is born. To us, a son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulder. And his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father. And look at that last title, Prince of Peace. So as the nation of Israel was looking and longing for a Messiah, they were looking for one who would bring about peace, to bring about a completeness and a provision of being made whole once again. And when Jesus was born, as we've already heard through the, through the, uh, the reading uh, that took place a few minutes ago, even his peace was declared at the time of his birth. In fact, when the angel was declaring, the, the multitude of angels were declaring what had just happened, they gave praise to God by saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace, goodwill toward men. Peace was something that was now being made available, a gift that could be received to those who would come to faith in Jesus Christ. So whether it's the prophecy in Isaiah or the confirmation by the angels at the birth of Christ, we can see that the work of Jesus Christ and his life was to bring about peace. In fact, he even spoke about this in his earthly ministry. In John chapter 14, he said, peace, I leave with you. My peace, I give to you. Not as the world gives, do I give to you. So he offers something that's not of this world. A peace that is, that is, that is, is what we truly long for. And yet the world can never satisfy. A peace that he finishes by saying, let not your heart be troubled. Neither let it be afraid. This is a treasure that can, can raise our, our, our eyes above the restlessness of the world. It can give us something that this world could never offer. A true and lasting and eternal peace through Jesus Christ. In fact, we see that peace does come from God. Again, being made whole or being made complete because of what he brings to us, what he gives to us. By knowing Jehovah Shalom, the God of peace. We are put in a position to receive the peace that he wants us to have. It's described in Philippians 4 like this. The peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. What an interesting way to think about peace. To see that it's, it's something that even goes beyond what we can think about. It transcends our understanding 
Why? Because we're able to have a sense of peace or a sense of completeness, even when the world around us or the circumstances of life that we're going through would not be conducive for peace. Somehow we have that peace that's given to us through Christ. He goes on to say that it's not only something that transcends our understanding, but it also has an active quality about it in, in order to guard our hearts and our minds. I think this is, uh, is uh, explained well by uh, a man named Ron Jones and his wife living in a Middle Eastern country. They were uh, in, a, in one of these nations where, where conflict and war is, is, is very... Uh, is, uh, is happening all of the time. In fact, uh, they write in a letter back to the states that that there's so much conflict happening in their nation right now that it's it's becoming the the way of life. It's becoming uh, something that's just expected throughout uh, throughout the the uh, throughout the days. And in fact, they were noting one time that as they as they looked across the uh, the landscape that they saw a shepherd caring for some sheep. And just about that time, some gunfire went off and all the sheep got very frightened and they began to they began to be alarmed. And, and the shepherd would go and he would use his voice and speak to each of the sheep and he'd take his staff and, and he would just touch them with his staff as, as, he, as, as he went by. And they would they would come to a to a calmness as they collected again. And they said as they watched, sure enough, more gunfire went off. And what did he do? He did the same thing. He went to each one, spoke words of, of comfort to the sheep, and he took his staff and he touched each of them, reassuring them. What a picture for us that even in a world of conflict or maybe in a season of discouragement, maybe 2016 has not been a year that, that you would, 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 would see as, as, as one of the best or easiest years. And yet, and yet we have one who says, I am the Lord Shalom. And I have come and I'm, I'm giving my one and only so that you can be made complete. So that you can have a peace that the world cannot give to you. And that by receiving me and receiving my gift of peace, I will restore to you a life, not only for the here and now, but a life for eternity. This is the peace of mind, the peace of heart that comes through Christ we not only have the peace of God, but scriptures tell us that we have peace with God. In fact, as we as we think about going to the to the uh, to the Lord's Supper tonight and receiving the the bread and the cup, they remind us of the body of Christ. And they they bring to mind not only the manger in which he was born, but they also bring to mind the cross upon which he would die. In fact, Romans five verse one says, therefore, Having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. You see, all the way back to the Garden of Eden, there was there was a, a division that took place when sin entered the world and humanity was not at peace with God. And so, so for all these centuries, they were longing for for one who could make peace, who could be the Messiah to to restore them back to a, a right relationship with God. He was prophesied. That he would come. In fact, it was even prophesied that he would be born in Bethlehem. And finally, the day came in which he arrived. He would be the fulfillment of all of these prophecies. He would come to bring peace, to reconcile people back to God. And that truth is still a truth today that we have an opportunity 
even on this Christmas Eve, to to reflect upon the reason that Christ came and why he would bring peace for this world. And that is to to reconcile us back to the heavenly father. In fact, Colossians chapter one says it this way by him, meaning Christ to reconcile all things to himself by him, whether things on earth or things in heaven, having made peace through the blood of his cross. And so tonight, as we prepare to go to the Lord's table and to receive the bread and to receive the cup, may we be mindful of the fact that Christ did come in the flesh, that he came in the flesh so that he could represent us, that he came miraculously because obviously he was representing God coming in a very unique way, coming to be the one between man and God to reconcile, to bring peace back to a relationship that had been marred by sin. And so thanks be to God that we can receive a peace that transcends all understanding, a peace that can guard our hearts and our minds, even in a world of chaos and disunity. So as we come tonight to receive these elements, may we be mindful of the peace which he accomplished. I'm going to ask if the uh, the ushers would like to come to to begin assembling and and uh, and serving the bread and the cup. We invite you to participate in the Lord's Supper tonight. You do not need to be a member of the church. We only ask that you be a, a, a follower of Christ, that you profess Jesus as your Lord and Savior. We're going to begin with a, a time to pray as we again want to reflect upon what is symbolized in the, the elements that are about to be distributed. But we also want to reflect upon our own hearts upon our own walk with the Lord, maybe a a time to confess, a time to pray, a time to, 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 to remember the magnitude of what is being served tonight, these symbols of a holy life and blood that that was shed to give us redemption, to give us this peace that only the Prince of Peace could offer for us. Would you bow with me as we pray and ask God's blessing upon this time tonight? Heavenly Father, we give you thanks for the Christmas Eve. This service that allows us to reflect upon your birth. Upon why you would come to rescue this fallen world. And how you would come in in such a humble and, and unique way. We thank you for your birth. For the provision that you made by coming and, and living a perfect life. A life that knew no sin and yet would receive the penalty of sin. So we come with grateful hearts remembering what you have provided through your death. And we ask that you'll bless our time as we receive these elements. That you'll bless both the the bread and the cup and help us tonight on this occasion in which we celebrate your birth to reflect and remember why you came and that through your coming you demonstrated your love for us. You demonstrated your sufficiency in in paying this debt and in restoring this relationship that we may know once again the Heavenly Father. So we pray now your blessing upon these elements as they're served. 
And we thank you for the reality of what they represent. We pray this in Christ's name. Amen.